terraces back in the day singing that one. <laughs> Absolutely. On, Absolutely. My arms were fully stretched. <laughs> that was your song, right? Yes. Uh, Talking of fully stretched, um, <laughs> I, I have to say mm. that there was almost a dangerous outbreak of what could be described as enthusiasm. Oof. Yeah, I know. I know. Really? Who, who knew that would happen? For a member of um, the SAR, Hong Kong SAR government, oh. Matthew Jung, got a little bit overexcited this week, I think, when Carrie Lam met Xi Jinping for all of 30 seconds or whatever it was. Oh. Maybe it was two minutes. I'm, I always exaggerate. But anyway, they had this meeting and he sort of said, you know, carry on, good work, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I don't, no, 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 vote of confidence, vote of confidence, it's all right. All these rumours of her going, yeah, they, they, well, you mustn't listen to them. So that was that was good, and she, you know, she. Have you ever seen Carrie Lam smile? It, it's it's not a certainly not recently. Not shall we recently, say. no, no. The poor woman's looking worse and worse by the day, but she sort of put on one of those, you know, the sort of lips moved, which I presume meant a smile. Um, while she was slight, sitting, slight uptick at slight the edge. Uptick, yeah. Okay. While she was sitting there in front of the boss. So, you know, that went all swimmingly. She got her she got her two minutes of FaceTime. And then, <laughs> then she's summoned up to Beijing. And she goes to see uh, Vice Premier Han Zhang, who's, who's uh, you, you, the point man for Hong Kong in the leadership. Mm. And, you know, these fulsome praise for her is sort of modulated. This is, mind you, 24 hours of elapsed. It's a very long time in the life of the CNO, the chief executive in name only. And he goes, instead of fully backing us, <clears throat> we fully acknowledge the work of Carrie Lam and the Hong Kong SAR government. That, to me... That's it. That was it. That was it. Oh, and the police. He had very nice things to say about the police, but nowadays... So I guess, so I guess the question is, is she or isn't she? Well, let's look at some history here. So if you remember what happened in 2004, when... Um, uh, uh, the very wonderful Tung Chiwa, Hong Kong's first chief executive, was kicked out. Oh, sorry, he resigned because of bad health. I keep, keep forgetting that. But what was the chronology of that? Mm. The chronology of that was he and somebody called Regina Ip, who I, I gather she's still around, mm. um, came forward with this very, very great suggestion for implementing a draconian version of anti-subversion laws under Article 23, which was stopped by what we thought then were monster protests of half a million people. I mean, you can get that on a wet Wednesday in Hong Kong now. Half a million people is small fry. Incidentally, at the time when Tung was kicked out, his public opinion poll ratings were about 49%. And what are hers now? About 20. She'd, she, she would, she'd run over broken glass to get 49% um, uh, opinion poll uh, approval ratings. It's 20%. 20% is incredible, isn't it? I mean, you know. It? Has anybody in around the world, anybody other lead around the world around 20%? I don't think anybody gets down that low, do they? No, Because no. it's normally, normally half of the, you know... Yeah, I don't know. They didn't have uh, opinion polls when Genghis Khan was around, so I, I don't know. It's not... Let me put it this way. It's not an impressive figure. But roll Any, us back to Tung Anyway, so, so there we are. They, they have the protests. They were forced to withdraw. I mean just in case anyone's forgotten the history, they were forced to withdraw that bill. Um, Regina Ip was forced to resign, uh, and she went out with many scowls, but, you know, she lives again. She's still around. She's in Exco, she's in Legco. And um, Tung, everybody said, well, he must be dead meat. So in November 
of that year, he goes up to Beijing and has a, a little meeting, very much like the Carry meeting with, with Xi Jinping, but that was Hu Jintao in those days. Mm. He goes up, he sees President Hu. President Hu gives him a big, big pat on the back. He too comes back to Hong Kong and says, I have the full confidence of the central leadership. You know, it's like peace in our time, one of those statements. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing. That's not a theatrical cough, that's an actual cough. Better put um, on a mask, mate. <coughs> and um, he comes back to Hong Kong, and then in December, the same Hu Jintao, who had expressed full confidence in his leadership, um, is in a meeting with him and the chief executive of Macau, showering praise on the chief executive of, of Macau and saying to Tung, I think it's time for you to reflect on your inadequacies in mm. government. Mm. And the bags were packed. Mm. So all of those idiots <coughs> who were jumping around in Tamar mm. um, going, oh, full confidence, full confidence, they need to remember the Chinese Communist Party gives full confidence to people right up to the moment mm. and not a second less before it spits them out into the dustbin of history. So the rumour, uh, well, the rumour, the story that um, first appeared in the Financial Times a couple of weeks ago saying she'd be gone by March, I think, and I've spoken to people who are in, in, in the know about this, I think is absolutely correct. I still think she's, she's about to get on her bike. She's about to have an illness or, you know, pressing personal family reasons you know I'll, I'll be helping with her speech when she goes obviously <laughs> who else and um i i still think she'll be gone apparently the blockage is which hapless idiot well, yeah. can they find to do the job who who could it be i mean that that's the financial the financial times story mentioned norman chan a man of immense self-confidence and uh, immense arrogance, incidentally, who who has just finished his spell, very undistinguished spell, as leader of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. He's apparently in the frame. Henry Tang, round two. Remember how he cocked it up in round one? He's oh, back. yeah. Much more amiable person, mm. incidentally, is Henry mm. Tang. But, you know, maybe mm. on the old thought front, not perhaps as stellar as some people might, might be hoping for. But there's other people. There's Laura Char, who has been appointed to every committee that's got legs on earth. She and she's head of the stock exchange. She's chairwoman of the stock exchange at the moment. And then there's there's the Beijing. People don't mention her enough. But Beijing's great favourite is is um, Margaret Chan, who they oh. propelled to w. the leadership H. of the WHO. Mm. And she was so successful in that job that all the healthcare professionals, as soon as she left, held a party because they they were so relieved that she was going. So you know, um, she's obviously a, a, a shoe in for the for the job. Is she is she still <coughs> doing that job? That no, no, she's gone. She's gone, right? Mm. So she is kicking around without a without a gig at the moment. Oh well, she's on the national blah 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 people's do 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 oh, and the one of those. X Y Z and mm. put another people's in somewhere. She's in all those committees still, and she's been given various baubles, which is always good. I like a bauble myself. Um, so I, I I think that you mustn't discount her. She she's totally unsuitable for the job. So I think she must definitely be <coughs> a hot contender. We're going to give you a break and clap yeah, a glass thank of water you so much. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. No problem. Back in a moment, Steve. <laughs>
There's another hot hit in Steve's uh, Spotify collection. Uh, yes, absolutely. DJ it's... Regard and yeah. Ride It. <laughs> Pun, who's that? <laughs> now, Greater Bay Area has popped oh, up again. Jimmy Hay, Jimmy Hay, yes, absolutely my favourite subject. <laughs> uh, um, as, you, as you can well imagine, I've been pining the lack of mention of GBA for, 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 for oh, weeks now. I mean, apparently other things have been going on in Hong Kong, but my favourite person, the CNO, the chief executive in name only, is back and talking about it. She has launched, mm. and can the listener please get out a pen and pencil and write this down? She has launched 16, that's one six, new initiatives to stimulate Hong Kong's participation in the GBA. Now, I've noticed that... The, Practically every place you go in Hong Kong, people will corner you and they go, I'm telling you what, I'm waiting for a new initiative on the GBA. That's what they're saying. That is the word on the street at the moment. And I'm very grateful to the chief executive for having responded to that because this is an enormous mm. shot in the arm mm. for people. And, um, oh, you're not going to ask me what any of these 16 initiatives are, are you? I was you? just going to say... Oh, God, I knew there was going to be a catch in mentioning this. <laughs> well, can I just say that they're all very good? Can I make that very clear? And important and right. vital. Those right. three characteristics, I think we can all agree, are, are seminal in this particular matter. And, um, yes, but she should have mentioned, and there's a small word of criticism here, what about Belt and Road, eh? Yeah, what haven't what, we heard about Belt and Road? What happened to that? <clears throat> I mean, it's appalling. Those of us who have been stalwart supporters of Belt and Road, as well as GBA, are absolutely appalled that we've heard nothing from that except from wretched people in other countries. <laughs> other countries, note that. Whining about it. Whining. You know, in, in Sri Lanka they're going, well, it turns out that this is just causing us a lot of money and we've just got thoroughly indebted as a result surprise, of all these surprise. I mean mm. ungrateful is that is that <laughs> does that even go anywhere close to describing what those people are I I I I, I don't know what to do with them anyway I'm I'm looking in people's daily and they have lots of news they send me I'm sure they send other people. They send a little bulletin every day that gives you updates telling you what's happening in these exciting projects. And I must get around to reading it one time, but I'm sure they're very fine. I'm very convinced that, that it's it's the sort of thing that I should be reading to improve my knowledge. I think it's something something GBA Pulse or something it's called. I don't know, but it, it comes through the old email every day. Wonderful, wonderful. I recommend it to anyone. Is it going to save her? I mean, I think I think what is the only thing that will save Carrie Lamb, and despite all this, will she, won't she, does she, doesn't she, is um, is that they just can't find another hapless idiot to to put in there. And by the by, in case anyone has missed this, let's just remember this chief executive person is supposed to be elected by the people of Hong Kong through this farcical election committee consisting of 1,200 people, two-thirds of whom would, if, if Beijing put up a, a speaking parrot, they would vote for that person. So obviously we now know, I mean, not that we didn't know, but just in case anybody had missed that, that this is a total and utter farce. And remember, if Hong Kong had accepted the so-called reform, which would have allowed that committee, this same election committee, 
which does Beijing's bidding, to be the, the principal censor of who is allowed to stand for chief executive before they go, th uh, go through to election by, by what was at that time proposed to be universal suffrage. Can you imagine what the list of candidates would look like? I mean, you know, probably not Joshua Wong, who can't run for district council, let alone chief executive. Probably not, oh, I can think of a long list of people who probably wouldn't be... Uh, so if we put ourselves in their shoes, yes. okay, sitting in Beijing, what are the criteria that they would look for, would you say? Well, I think they consist of one thing, dogged loyalty. I mean, mm. the whole point is the system is actually designed to give the, whoever is the chief executive no credibility because there is no way that that person can have popular support. They don't, they don't arise from any process mm. that would generate popular support. So the only thing that they want is dogged, unswerving loyalty. And one of the reasons why, even from the pro-government camp, quite credible candidates have always been overlooked. People like Jan Yuk Singh, who was the um, chairman of the Legislative Council, is, is obviously a, 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 a... I assume he's a party member, but anyway, I mean, he's he's been in the party's fold for at least four decades, almost certainly longer than that, um, is because he actually has an independent base of support. Mm. Remember, when the occupation of LegCo took place, uh, and it was that the chamber was trash, the only picture of a president that, that wasn't, wasn't trash was yeah. him yeah so beijing won't won't have anybody mm. who has an independent following in you you know who isn't totally reliant on them in the way that carrie is that donald jung was that jong ying was that dong chi was all four four chief executives all all of whom's um period in office ended in utmost failure maybe not to the scale of carrie lamb but you know None this of is it, what we none call of them progress. Have ended well, have they? They none really of them have ended well. Okay, back with Steve in just a moment. Find a dry. Divine is here with us. There's an election. Someone tells me coming up. Yeah, 24th of November. 24th is it? Well, <laughs> let's not go a bit hasty on that because preparations are underway to see if they can do anything about it. I I, I heard um, uh, one of the one of the um, how can I put it one of the very fine people in what used to be known as the pro-government camp, but is now, of course, they're not pro-government anymore because the government's dead. They're, they're simply pro-China. I think it was Priscilla Leung, to give her a name, saying, of course, my main concern is only about the people. And I thought, Priscilla, uh. <laughs> Priscilla, there's a pig has just flown above your head. Your only concern is that your people are going to be heavily hammered at this election. Mm. Um, so now what's happened, and I really... Um, find it very worrying is you, you know we had this stabbing of Junius Ho mm. um, yesterday a man who, who is not unknown to activity around stabbing but you know I it's I, not the first though is it? Well he is not the first I mean there, there's been um, Andrew Chu who had his ear bitten off there's been Jimmy Sham, who was very, who was also an organizer of the Civil and Human Rights Front, uh, the, the organizers big demonstrations, who was very badly injured. Stanley Ho from my area, which is um, Sai Kung, who's, who, who was stabbed in several places. Two women, Jocelyn Chow and Janelle Leung. So, you know, there's been a pattern of these mm. attacks. Mm. Junius Ho's attack actually was relatively minor in compared to these. That's strange. Only his 
elicited a strong response from the government. I mean, on my on my um, magic phone, within nanoseconds of it happening, there was a flash message from the from the police saying how um, how how worrying and how severely this needed to be condemned. You got a text about that. Well, I'm I'm on a WhatsApp oh, group that, oh. that, that that gets stuff from 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 the police. Thank you very much. Mm. Um, and um, you you know you look at the attack on Jimmy Sham, which was done by professional thugs, mm. obviously paid thugs because I don't believe the people who 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 actually attacked him were were politically motivated themselves, but they may well have been motivated by money. Um, you know that was a very serious, brutal attack. Nothing. Mm. Nothing. So, I mean, if you're going to condemn violence, to have any credibility to do that, you at least have to do it in all instances. All mm. So, as you say, this isn't the only attack. It's one of at least five. I'm, there may be more. I just don't, to mind, have them at the front of my mind. And at the moment, it's now being seized upon by the people who are going to lose the election. And I don't think there's any doubt that the pro-China camp will lose this election because although they want it to be a, an election about drainage in, in, in South K1 and street lighting in Sham Po, this is going to be a referendum. It's a de facto referendum. This it is, is going yeah. to be a mm, referendum mm. and they know what the result's going to be and they're desperate to find a way of it not happening. And they, everything they look at gives them cause for alarm. This enormous surge of voter registration by people in the age group between 18 and 35 that's gone up by 12.5 percent but what's interesting is that in every age category every age category including people above the age of 70 the voter registration for this election really has gone up do we know what it what the actual voting percentage normally is in these uh, very low I would very low, low right? yeah. often under 50 percent mm, mm. so number one i assume that um, more people are going to vote because you don't suddenly go out to register if you don't intend to vote. That doesn't make any sense. Number two, in areas such as the one I live in, Sai Kung, where for two decades I've lived there, I've never been able to vote in my particular constituency because there's never been um, a, more than one candidate. For the first oh, time, really? yes, okay. for the first time, there is two candidates, there is a choice. And, and uh, uh, I'm uh, a great believer in voting, so I most definitely will be out there on the 24th of November, I, I, assuming I, I, it happens. I should be checking, you know, who, who's who's there in my constituency. But you know, of those two, then are they are they polarised? It's are very they? clear. One mm. is a DAB candidate, mm. and one is a candidate from a newly formed group called Cycle Commons, which is part of the Democratic Front. So you know, you have a choice, mm. and many people who haven't had a choice in this election have a choice. What was happening in past elections was a lot of the pro-government people were running under a so-called independent um, banner. But in this election, people are going to ask the question, you know, where are you? Yeah. Where, what it's is your position question, isn't it? Yeah. on the obvious question? I'm, I, I'm sure you're good on drains, but, you know, let's not worry about that for the moment. Where are you on the big question of the day? <clears throat> so, you know, it will be a very polarised election. Um... Whether it's postponed or not, I mean, they're desperate. They are desperate to postpone it or to cancel it if they can. But, I mean, think of the response. Mm -hmm. Just think <laughs> of the response that is going to provoke. I mean, I always say that when you, when you think of the most ludicrous thing the government will do, you can usually be sure that they'll go out and do it. 
So I, I would very much hope I'm wrong, because this is the classic opportunity to prove that the thing that the government says can be achieved. I mean, they keep saying we want to move away from violence and have a rational political process. That's called an election. Mm -hmm. And this is unlike the LegCo election, where you've got all these rotten boroughs. Now, it is true that all the um, district councils have appointed members, which, which don't get elected, and they're always pro-government people, or what used to be called pro-government people. What's the percentages? People. There are... Very small. Mm. It's, it's, it's a couple, I think, in each um, So that's really insignificant. It's very insignificant. Mm. So, but, but the rest of it, and this is why they hate this election, is actually an unrigged, or should be an unrigged election. You know, you don't have a tiny little constituency of, of you know, 29 voters having the same um, opportunity to elect a member as a constituency of half a million people, which is what happens in LegCo. So I think, um, whichever way you look at it, the only reason that the pro-China camp are jumping up and down is nothing to do with security, it's nothing to do with, with anything they say, it's because they think they'll lose. I have never in my life, and I've covered a lot of elections, found anybody who thinks they're going to win an election that doesn't want it to happen. You know, why in Britain have the Tories called an election? Because they think they're going to win it. I mean, I'm not criticising them for that, that's what political parties do. But, you know, let's, let's, let's be honest here. We're only, what, 17 days away? Just 16, very 17 close. days away. Um, is there a latest time that they can postpone it, stop it? Is yeah, there anything the day like before. That? It is simply that, is it? Yeah, yeah. they can go yeah. right, up to the, mm. right up to the edge. Um, but again, you know, these decisions no longer are taken in Hong Kong. They're taken in Beijing. I mean, I think, you know, whatever the, 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 the BS that you hear, that's where the decision will be made. And the problem with everything being decided in Beijing is it's decided on the basis of advice from a very small group of self-interested people. So you can imagine how much traffic there is either physically or in terms of phone calls and what have you between the pro-China camp and the bosses, you know, the pro-China camp going, oh, can you find a way of putting off this election, oh, please? And them going, oh, so that, is that published? And, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, there is actually an opinion poll that says 70% of people are avidly opposed to the elections being postponed, but I don't think that message will particularly have been um, conveyed to the bosses. So, I mean, the, the stakes in this, you know, the actual powers of the district council, frankly, are not very impressive. Oh. But the stakes in the election, I think, are very high. And people are taking an enormous interest in it. Let's see what happens on Let, the 24th. Okay, yes. Let's give you a little break for a second. Let's have a bit of uh, bit of music. And this is Mika. Brand new song from uh, Mika. Hmm, very relaxing. Yeah, we're all a bit Why laid. should we be relaxed? We're all a bit laid back now, aren't we, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what with nothing going on. As we are on a Thursday morning. Um, that press conference the other day. Yes, Monday, yeah. Um, the police press conference with the reporters. What was your, what you, what was your take on that? Well, I mean, there is a lot of anger in the reporting community over the way that the police have been treating reporters. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, reporters have had their masks ripped off their faces, have had their credentials questioned. I mean, you, you know, if I thought that the police were the main arbiters of who's a journalist and who isn't a journalist, I would be very worried, which means I am very worried mm. because... Um, you know, nowadays, it is true the media scene is more complicated than it used to be. Mm. You know, you used to be working for a marvellous organisation like RTHK, 
is that the right thing to say? Um, or, or, you know, <laughs> or, or a well-known um, established newspaper. But now, you know, so much of news gathering and news reporting has moved online. Mm. And, you know, the fact that the policemen aren't familiar with all of this, well, frankly, that's their problem. But isn't that if, funny? Because anybody can put on a fluorescent yellow vest and a, and a helmet that with, with, well, with but, but press written on it. Well, but the point is, I mean, as somebody who wears a yellow vest at these events, you also have to put some sort of identification with it. So um, if you've got some sort of accreditation, that's the crucial bit, not the vest, I think. You're quite right. Anybody can, can wander out and buy a vest and can scribble the words, press on it if they're so inclined. But, I mean, most genuine reporters, and I freely admit that it is more complicated, but have some form of, of, of what I would call kosher identification. Um, so there's this enormous friction between the police and and frontline particularly frontline reporters so i think it was half a dozen turned up at the regular press briefing on on monday and it was a silent protest they had a a sign on their hard hats um protesting at police violence against journalists and i was absolutely nobody nobody said anything nobody right? said anything mm. and the police simply shut down the um the press conference now i mean this incident is not unprecedented. It has happened before. It certainly happens in other jurisdictions. So let's not get too excited about it. You mean press conferences being shut down or people putting, no, putting people, messages out? People putting messages mm. and, and uh, um, uh, in other places you, you get the police being rather more vigorously heckled than they were here. But in this instance, they weren't being heckled. So, you know, I mean, I think the police have got into the mood now of saying... Anything we do is lawful. Anything we do is right. So, you know, when people protest at a press conference, they say, right, we're not going to have a press conference. They did it by Facebook in the end, which was a bit weird. But anyway, that's how it was done. And I think this is worrying. I mean, you've got an, also this week you saw policemen attacking a fireman who objected to them um, uh, 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 hurling tear gas at his fire engine. Yeah, I can understand why he might not have been pleased about that. You have um, uh, these reports, which are increasingly worrying, about assaults on, on members of the public. We've got this very, very worrying case of this um, Hong Kong University of um, Science and Technology student who fell from a car park while trying to escape from tear gas with mysterious lapses in the um, surveillance recordings. I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on. What is the net result of this? The latest um, opinion poll from the Hong Kong Public Opinion Research Institute shows that 7 out of 10, that's an enormous number, 7 out of 10 of respondents, it was quite a big survey, over 1,000, <coughs> say that they feel that police are out of control and that the arrests have been arbitrary. I mean, that's staggering. I mean, I'm, I was surprised to see that because, of course, the police do have where they have support. They have very passionate support. And here's the problem is the supporters of the police are increasingly politicizing this by making it, you know, all policemen are blue, you know, in the pro-China camp. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't instantly believe that's true, but I think maybe a lot of them are indeed um, in that camp. But, you know, when you when you start going around to police stations and saying, you know, we are your friends, rely on us, um, that's not what the police force is about. The police force is about impartially, 
impartially enforcing the law. That is what they're supposed to do. And in Hong Kong, until very recently, the police had a very good reputation for doing that. How is that reputation to be restored? I'm, I really don't know. We're really not seeing any police on the streets apart from at the... The well, there is that, we? isn't there? I mean, there, there's these allegations, which may or may not be true, that because the police are so tied up with public protests, mm. mm. that, that robberies have increased, opportunist robberies have increased, may well be true, I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, you've got that going on, they can't carry out their normal, including traffic control and other duties, and this enormous, enormous and welling, welling up, level of public distrust. This isn't at all good for the administration of law in Hong Kong. And, you know, I mean, the police say that at all times they've acted within the law and with restraint. Well, if that is true, why do they so immensely fear the prospect of an inquiry into their activities? I mean, you can't say that it's always been lawful, always been restrained, but uh, we don't want anybody looking into it. I mean, one of those two narratives has got not to be true. And I think people are drawing conclusions. I'm really, I mean, I'm really worried about this because, you know, one of the reasons I've always liked living in Hong Kong, it's a law-abiding place. Mm, very safe, very safe. <coughs> safe on the streets. Mm. Um, you don't look over your shoulder when you're walking down a dark alley. Well, I never have. Mm. Um, and you see a policeman and you think, oh, you know, there's someone who's enforcing the law. Now people see a policeman and think, oh, my God, what's going to happen now? Mm. You know, these people who've um, been standing around on housing estates, who've been tear-gassed and have been arrested and have been knocked off their feet, they're not going to be a friend of the police force next week. I'm talking about people who weren't involved in demonstrations, just happened to be at the scene. It does seem also that there's an extraordinary number of rounds of tear gas and uh, rubber bullets and you know this just the statistics are just incredible. And I'm, I, I don't even think that they're correct. I mean just just from being at these demonstrations. I mean what's what I find most worrying about this is the whole point of riot control is you're supposed to disperse mm. whatever mm. activity is going on. Now you find tear gas routinely being fired at retreating protesters, i.e. people who are already in the process of dispersing. So, you know, mm. where is riot control? That's not riot yeah. control. So is it just making it worse? I mean, that's the it's question. It's making it? it worse. Yeah. I mean, every demonstration that you go to is peaceful. Well, maybe not every, but everyone I've been to, that's all I'm saying, has been peaceful until the police have arrived. So a few weeks ago, when they had that very famous, now infamous incident with the um, covering of the mosque in, in Nathan Road in, in uh, Blue Spray, that demonstration was very large, enormously chaotic, and there were no policemen there. But it was peaceful. It really was peaceful. And when the demonstrators were going past the mosque, they made a point of, of sort of cheering them on, you know, being friendly because they wanted to make sure that the people who were attending the mosque understood that they didn't have animosity towards them because of the attack on Jimmy Sham by apparently South Asian mm. attackers. Mm. So, you know, actually, the spirit was quite peaceful. It really was. Then when um, the police turned up, I mean, this was about four or five in the afternoon, I can't remember exactly, the atmosphere changed on a penny. 
on a penny. And it became very violent, and very unpleasant, and very tear gassy, I may add. Not looking good at the moment, then. It isn't. It really isn't. I mean, you know, the idea, this absolutely bonkers and bizarre idea, which Carrie Lamb keeps saying, is, oh, well, you know, we, we can talk about this once the violence is over. I cannot believe she's saying that. I mean, the idea should be to stop it. It won't go away of its own accord. You know, much more violent things are happening in the Lebanon at the moment, in Iraq, in Bolivia, in Chile. And in all of these instances, the government is getting out there and talking to the people who are on the streets. In Hong Kong, apparently, this can't be done. And no initiative can be taken by the government. Well, mm. we know where that's heading. Every Thursday, Steve Vines is here, um, trying to sort it all out for us and uh, put some sense into it. Steve, thanks a lot. See you next week. It's a pleasure. Cheers. <laughs>